Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 is back across the Outkick network alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson making the show happen for us. David Reed, the chairman of the board. Big news out of the gate as we begin today's show with the SEC, a possible conference expansion with Texas and Oklahoma. This came out yesterday afternoon. I don't think it's a coincidence this news broke while Texas A&M was taking center stage at SEC Media Days. And everyone had to answer questions about it on Radio Row. Greg Sankey did not deny these reports. He didn't speak to the reports either from the Houston Chronicle uh, that stated and reported that Texas and Oklahoma are looking for a move to the Southeastern Conference. And that's where we start, guys. Massive news for a potential conference realignment where we would make a super conference within the, within the SEC with Texas and Oklahoma joining. It feels like every week there is has been this seismic feeling of the ground of college sports shaking beneath us. From NIL to one-time transfer rules and now to the reality of the Super Conference. And that's where we are because this appears to be happening. This is not conjecture. You've got orangebloods.com today reporting that this report being leaked has now sped up the process to where Texas will make the announcement next week that they plan on leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. This is huge. This is awful news for the Big 12. Big 12, dead, gone, will never be heard from again. Everyone there needs to try to latch on to some other conference or figure out something quickly. And for the SEC, it's more of the same. World domination. It, it's not domination. even the Big 10 in, you can't even talk about them anymore in the same breath, unless the Big 10 now answers and does something else. But I don't know what the answer is if you were going to acquire Texas and Oklahoma and those two brands and what they mean to college football. If they're going to join the SEC, it's over for everyone else. It is SEC, and if you're on that ship, you are going to be financially sound on, in all of your sports for eternity or as long as these television contracts last. And if you're everyone else, you're looking to find a life raft and jump on board with either the SEC and whatever else they do next or some other conference. Who's next? Uh, what I thought last night, like how's Clemson find its way in? Who could it partner up with to keep the number even um, and, and uh, SEC become the NCAA? You know, we talk about four super conferences. We used to talk about five, right? Now I think you talk about four super conferences. But if the one super conference is so big, numerically speaking, the other super conferences can't keep up size-wise. And so already, uh, if you went that route, there'd be an imbalance, not just in, in strength of teams and programs, but in, in size. Um, and so if we go this direction, this already throws that plan off, right? One's going to be so big and powerful and have such gravity that the others aren't going to be able to keep up and it's going to be overweighted in favor of the SEC. So they need 11 of the 14 current teams to vote this through that is to correct. pass. And in the past, we have seen an alliance with Kentucky, Florida, I believe South Carolina, and Georgia. They have voted in the past to not allow teams within those states to join the SEC in the past. That's why we haven't seen Louisville in the SEC, for instance. They have, that's why we haven't seen anyone other than Florida in the SEC, because they have joined together and made a pact. This is prior to Texas A&M Texas joining the conference. Uh, that they were not going to vote in any schools within their states. Texas A&M is completely against this. Will that pack stay, stay together in their line of thinking? Um, because would this open the door for other schools down the road to and join? And you can totally understand Texas A&M being against this, right? I mean, they got their independence 
uh, you know, separated themselves from Texas, got their own identity, got away from them, got their, con- you know, joined the bigger conference, joined the best conference, got away from Texas, differentiated themselves from Texas, and now here comes Texas. Yeah, 2012, when they left, it was a direct response to the Longhorn Network and mm-hmm. what Texas was doing that was an unfair advantage over the Big 12. And Texas A&M won it out, and they got their independence, and they got that independence by being the one SEC brand in the state of Texas, and they've been selling that. They've been getting more of the four- and five-star players in that state. I think they got eight of them in this last recruiting cycle. Texas got one from the state of Texas. Texas is looking at that saying, boy, we need to be able to sell the SEC brand also to even things out with A&M and see what we can do with that. Let's also state the obvious here, and I, I know there's been articles that have pointed to this or sort of speculated about it. Brent Zwerneman broke this story. Brent Zwerneman covers Texas A&M for the Houston Chronicle. Brent Zwerneman was tipped off. The high-ranking college official that tipped him off is Ross Bjork. It does not take Sherlock Holmes to figure this out. Ross Bjork is the only SEC AD, maybe one of only two, that made his way to Hoover to do interviews. And he happened to be there on the day Jimbo Fisher is there. The story's leaked, and he starts going and doing interviews. A press tour immediately. He was told, and he told Brent Zwerneman, drop it now. We need to get the word out and stop this and talk about how it's a bad thing. Jimbo Fisher kind of laughed when asked about it with the report and said, oh, I'm sure they want to be in here. This is the best conference in the world for ball. So I'm sure they want to join the conference. Um, This is the start of Ross Bjork and Texas A&M's crusade to keep Texas out of the conference and in turn keep Oklahoma out of the conference. Austin American Statesman reports Missouri will vote no. That's two. They need two more. I don't know where you're going to find the other two. A buddy of mine joked that Tennessee should vote no to Oklahoma just in spite of all the <laughs> Tennessee players that are, that are from the state even that went to Oklahoma just as a big F you to them to see if they could be the, the vote that would keep Oklahoma out. I don't think it's going to happen because ultimately the finances are going to make too much sense. Now, the biggest thing to keep in mind, the grant of rights agreement in the Big 12, that expires in 2025. The Big 12 last year got cut a check for $33.5 million. Not only would Texas and Oklahoma have to forfeit that money, they would have to pay $33.5 million. They'd have to pay back the equivalent of what they were going to receive. That's a lot of money. We talked about this with NIL and everything else. Eventually, you do run out of money. That's a lot of money to fork over. Now, it negates it with the SEC check, which would be bigger that they'd receive immediately, but that's still TV revenue you're not making. You're basically breaking even, maybe making 4 or $5 million for three years on TV rights if you jump the ship early. So something to keep in mind with the finances. It can be done, but that's not a, an easy price to pay if you're Texas and Oklahoma. Isn't there something with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State uh, in Oklahoma State Legislature that that conceivably is an obstacle here too. I've read something that was not entirely clear to me. That sounds like it's something that Oklahoma State can lean on here. So Oklahoma, no, uh, they're run by separate board of regents. So it's not uh, an Oklahoma State decision. The politics of this are are fascinating to me. Oklahoma State's uh, release said, while we place a premium on history, loyalty and trust, be assured that we will aggressively defend and advance what is best for Oklahoma State and our strong athletic program, which continues to excel in the Big 12 and nationally. Pretty strong statement. I feel badly coming for them. from a school. I mean, they're kind of an innocent victim. I understand everybody's clawing to to preserve and and uh, you know strengthen their own, but you know there's a big in-state rivalry, and and you're left at, now you're conceivably the strongest program in a dead conference. Well, so. Another interesting part of this, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is a Texas grad. Texas is a very weird state politically. There was a Baylor person in office or high up in Texas, in, in Texas yeah. government that basically secured Baylor a spot in the Big 12 in 1994 when Texas and Oklahoma broke off from uh, when the Southwest Conference dissolved and they started the Big 12, made sure that Texas Tech and Baylor were in. And that was done in large part because of a Texas Tech grad and a Baylor grad in state government that saw to it they were not left behind. Greg Abbott, Texas governor, a Texas grad, the, the deputy governor, 
is a grad of, I don't even think a school in Texas, I saw. And then third in charge, maybe the attorney general, is a Baylor grad. So the Baylor grad is obviously going to want to keep Texas and Oklahoma and willed influence to keep them in the Big 12. I just think the fact that no one's denying this and everyone consistently says it was Texas and Oklahoma who reached out, this is not an SEC land grab. This is Texas, Oklahoma abandoning ship. What precipitated this? What is the big news story that happened media-wise that precipitated this? ESPN bought the rights to the SEC CBS Game of the Week for $300 million starting in 2025. Big 12 went to Fox and ESPN. They got no offer. They said, we're going to wait and see how you do the next few years. That scared the living hell out of Texas and Oklahoma. And they said, if, we're, if they're not even willing to play ball with us right now, a cable network, and offer something, and media insiders believe it's going to be a big-time low-ball offer to the Big 12, they're getting out before that bad TV contract starts, and they're trying to jump on board with the SEC contract, which, oh, by the way, you're going to have to renegotiate now if Texas and Oklahoma are suddenly a part of your conference. Well, because... For even more money. Longhorn Network would effectively dissolve, but yep. there's all, there's also talk that Longhorn, Longhorn Network would just become SEC Network 2, and you'd have two cable channels, premium channels through the through the through ESPN dedicated to the Southeastern Conference. There's also speculation that in 2025, we could see a 16-team SEC conference where ESPN Plus is involved, and much like you would get these UFC exclusive pay-per-view offers, through ESPN Plus, you would also, through that subscription, be able to watch all of the games across the SEC Network platform, as well as the game of the weeks, uh, the games of the week through ESPN and, and that new agreement. Uh, and then the the different divisions within the 16-team conference is also uh, very intriguing. But think about where we could see an expansion in the college football playoff. We're going to see that. Where the SEC now, with a Texas and Oklahoma involved, they're getting half of the teams now. If you think about how they're going to play and set up the schedule. An eight or nine game conference schedule, if not more. Um, and uh, where you play a, a round robin style, conference to conference, and, it, and really an NFL style, schedule style, Chad. Um, you could get half the teams in the college football playoff on certain years. Yeah, and uh, Clint Lamb, who's a college football writer for OutKick, has a great story. And it's really his proposal for a four division SEC with Texas and Oklahoma involved. We're going to have Clint on the program tomorrow uh, at 12.15 Eastern, 11.15 Central to discuss that plan, which I think is a good one. Playoff possibilities are one thing. You mentioned digital and streaming. That's a big driver in this. Last time there was expansion madness. Who did the Big Ten go and get? Rutgers and Maryland. What were the reasons that we were told for that? And even A&M and Missouri. TV markets, cable markets. We get the New York City market with Rutgers. You get good markets with Maryland. Texas, A&M, we want the Texas market. We want St. Louis. We want Missouri. That's why those teams were added to the SEC. Now fast forward nine years from when all this, really 10 years ago is when it started, 2011. It's more, it's less about cable. This is the world we live in in media, too. It's less about cable. It's more about online, more about streaming. And who's going to demand the biggest rights for streaming? It doesn't matter as much about TV markets as much as brand, fan bases, where people are going to be watching, cord cutters are all going to streaming, and those rights that are going to be demanded from an Amazon, let's say, who now could get into the SEC market and get streaming rights exclusively to SEC. Hutton, you mentioned a good one, ESPN+. Plus. There are going to be SEC games this year on ESPN Plus exclusively. And let me tell you, if you are a fan of an SEC football team, you will sign up for SEC Plus or ESPN Plus now to watch one game. If it's going to prevent you from watching a game on TV, they're going to do it. These streaming services know they're going to do it. Now that's going to be the big driver. It was cable markets, TV markets in 2011, 2012. It's streaming services in 2021. This is also Texas winning for losing. Texas, since 2010, has won 10 games once. It's won nine games once. It's won eight games three times. It's gone to four Alamo Bowls, two Texas Bowls, one Sugar Bowl, a Holiday Bowl, and no bowl three times. It's on its fourth head coach. If Texas had executed its plan, 
if the Longhorn Network had taken off, if Texas had played to Texas standards since 2010, it'd be in a hell of a position as the linchpin of the Big 12, and it could be like Clemson, and it wouldn't matter that it was in not in the SEC because it could be a regular appearer in the top four teams in the country, or at least every third year it would be a contender, right, for the final four, getting in the playoffs, and it could make it not matter that it wasn't in the SEC. But it's failed in the last 10 years, since 2010, to be a national presence. And so it needs the SEC now to get into that, to recruit with Texas A&M. You said one recruit in the top uh, however many is compared yeah. to eight for A&M. And it's, also, by the way, I believe that number is five for Alabama. It got, Alabama recruits better in the state of Texas right. than Texas it does. It got the hottest coach in 2017 and Tom Herman and failed with the hottest coach. So Texas has done poorly for itself and now needs to bail itself out by saying, hey, you know what? We're going to bail on this conference and go sign up with the big boys because it's going to help us. If things had gone well for Texas since 2010, they probably wouldn't be doing this because they'd be kings of the Big 12 the way Ohio State's kings of the Big Ten, the way Clemson is kings of the ACC, and being king of a lesser conference is just fine if you're dominant there. You're, you're in great standing. Well, Texas is still a top five brand. Yeah, it's a great brand. Football. It's a great that brand, but it's a not great massive football. massive get for the SEC. I mean, they oh, can, it's a great get. Yeah, I'm they, not they saying that. They can lose. I mean, and, and that's, the, that's the either the bad thing about Texas, the great thing about Texas, how you ever want to look at it. They could lose the next 10 years. And they're still going to be a, a highly marketable brand. But you'd How rather many, be Oklahoma on the football side because well, Oklahoma's been playing in the Final Four. Let's also let's get back to the SEC and how Greg Sankey and Mike Slive and Roy Kramer before him, for all the crap the South and the SEC gets, it is a conference that has consistently played chess when everyone else is playing checkers. If I am an original SEC member, if, if I'm Tennessee, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, go down the list, I'm set. There is no denying the amount of money that's going to pour into my athletic department because you're a part of the SEC and you're one of the originals. Regardless of success in the football field, you're going to make tons of money. You're going to be healthy in every sport because of that. At what point do you close off the ranks and say, I'm tired of saving other programs? Because this is the domino that's going to happen now. If the SEC is going to add Clemson and North Carolina, let's say, those are the two that I'd point out as the most obvious. Let's get in the state of North Carolina. Let's take Clemson because they're a dominant power also. Why, would, why do I want to continue to be in the business of saving programs from dying conferences unless I'm afraid of a challenger? The challenger would be the Big Ten. It's the only conference right now that could legitimately challenge the SEC. And there's a big gap. But the Big Ten... So you're basically playing defense now. You're playing offense because Texas, and it's really Texas. Texas is the one who's flirted with conferences. They flirted with the ACC a few years ago. They wanted to go to the Pac-12 years ago. They flirted with conferences for years. Oklahoma's just simply saying, I'm not going to be left behind. We're the dominant football program and conference. We're going to leave with Texas to save ourselves. So if you make another move, to me, only make it if it is an advanced move that's on defense. I'm going to add Clemson and North Carolina because I know that the Big Ten is about to go out west and get USC and get someone else, right? You start to do that to fend off the Big Ten because, once again, the SEC is playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. But outside of that, this 16-team conference, if this is where it falls, I'm good. I don't need to save any other programs. Let's keep that money for ourselves for a while. And if someone's doing something big in the next four years – then we can readjust and maybe go after a Clemson, a Florida State, a North Carolina, one of those programs. Is this unquestionably good for everyone? Financially, I know. All right. And I know it's hard to separate finances from everything else. Football-wise, is it unquestionably good for Vanderbilt, for Missouri, for Kentucky, for UT, if they don't turn things around? Here, Oklahoma's very good, we know. This should resuscitate Texas. We know no, there are no guarantees, right? But that's a big part of why they're doing it. It's, this, this pushes Vanderbilt further down. It pushes Missouri further down, Kentucky, and conceivably Tennessee. So if you're I'm – not, I'm not feeling bad for Missouri because they're a newcomer, right? But for, for Vanderbilt trying to get to, to, to float, 
to tread water. For Tennessee trying to come back, the money's great. Football-wise, you're going down a run conceivably again. Is is it unquestionably great for them? I, don't, I mean, I I view it as Vanderbilt is going to face that uphill climb no matter who's in the conference. Yeah, but here's two more. With or without. Up. Yeah, but I mean, they're not guaranteed to play these two teams. They might no, play but them the whole, every three or four years. In the context of the whole conference, you're down. Well, I, I would look at it the opposite. The rising tide, rising tide and floats, it's also, all floats all ships. It's now legitimate that the rest of the country gets pissed off when you hear this, but it just means poor. This it's, is the NFL. Like, you, if you look at a 6-6 six and six record in the SEC, that's pretty damn good now. And it's always been pretty good, but no one wants to admit that, and they want to look at the 10-2 and two team from the, a terrible Pac-12. But the reality is, if this happens, and you start to see the finances more and more out of whack when streaming services get mm-hmm. involved, you've got a situation where it's different sports. Alabama right now is playing a different sport than Tennessee and Vandy. Plain and simple. It's not the same league they're playing in. Now, with the rising tide scenario, the SEC is playing a different sport yes. than everyone else. Vandy, for years, has blamed a 2-10 and record on academics. We are too difficult to get athletes into. We can't compete because of academics. They're always going to have an excuse. The built-in excuse now is we're playing in the NFL, and Vanderbilt even is going to benefit from this, and Vanderbilt can go out and say, we'd probably finish second or third in most of these second-tier conferences because what is being created is everyone is second-tier. It is the SEC playing premium college football, and it's everyone else a rung below that, and then a bunch of other teams way below that. Well, it does come back to the, the, just the question of, do you want to make a ton more money, or do you want out of the conference because you, you don't think you're going to float very well in competition well, and they're not go make leave. less money? They're not going to leave. But then I they're voting they, yes. Yeah, but I wonder <laughs> if they say, oh, hell, I mean, it's that much harder to win at the moment they step into the conference. It is for, for the programs that I, well, I mentioned there and for others. I mean, to, Ole Miss. And to you your know. point, Paul, and I've said this, and I, I'll use Tennessee, my alma mater, as the example. Um, I, you know, I'm, I get tired of just having to say, well, the schedule's so hard. You know, I, I, Tennessee plays Alabama every year. Well, you know, they're going to have losses. I'd rather be in a division with Duke and, you know, everyone else and then say, well, we're winning conference championships Ultimately, you want to win in the end, but the reality of this situation is you got to be in the SEC. I mean, my alma mater now is going to be one of the 16 programs that will never die. Yeah. <laughs> Just simply because they're Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, who's historically one of the losingest programs. Mississippi State, historically one of the losingest programs in college football. You will never die. You will never sacrifice a sport. You will never die because you were in the SEC. And if you have to put up with another loss or two a year for that reason, so be it. Do you want to ultimately win the cup? Yes. And everyone's going to have the resources to compete now on a national level and do that. But that's just the reality of where things are. It's not where they're headed. I think it's where they are right now. Just brainstorming here, how many top ten brands would the SEC own with Texas and Oklahoma joining the conference? Well, there's two. Right. <laughs> You've already got Alabama in the mix. Alabama, Georgia, Florida, put those three in there. Texas A&M, I yep. would throw in there. LSU, that's yes. five. Um, Seven with the new two. I mean, Clemson, Notre Dame, I mean, Ohio State. Are we just talking football? Yeah. Yeah. Notre Dame's in there, just historically. I think USC is probably in there, history and market. So they've got seven. So they own, yeah, they own six or seven. Yeah, they're adding two of them. They're adding two of the right. top ten. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, so they, you, and they've got seven. The only thing you, the SEC you, uh, does not have, if we're really looking at brand, right, just historic domination brand, they don't have Notre Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, USC. And I'm trying to think if there's even another one. Clemson. That, Clemson now, yes. I mean, Clemson is, is a bit more of new money. But, yes, as a brand now, they don't have Clemson. I would put Florida State, Florida but they're State not there the right now. They're not there now, but they. But I'm got saying the just brands that are, will never go anywhere. Ohio fun. State certainly, Michigan for sure, Notre Dame for sure, USC I think for sure, and Clemson. Now. They're always going to be there and be marketable. That's all that they don't have. That that's that's what's standing in between them and basically being, being the, the new NCAA. Yes. Let me, so let's let's bring this up the new NCAA because that that click that. That group that I mentioned super with conference. Georgia, Florida, Kentucky, and South Carolina, they banded together 
where they're going to vote no on teams from within their state joining the conference. If they vote yes for Texas, they're inviting in. Are they invited in Clemson, Florida State, Louisville, and Georgia Tech? Yeah, I, I mean, it could come back to bite because them. Because they, they sure. have blocked this in the past. It could come back to bite them for sure. Percentage-wise, I'm trying to do the math here. If the next vote came down to 16 teams, they needed two-thirds or whatever it is to get it, yep. that four-team blockade wouldn't stop it anymore. But you could... See, but, but, but point, you can, you, Texas, Oklahoma... No, no, hang on, now, no. Texas but if and you Texas. vote no, if you join Missouri and Texas A&M, then you have a majority rules and you, you add them to your clique. You see what I'm saying? To block teams from your own state. Well, yes, but I'm saying the way it's set up right now, if those four voted together and they all voted no, mm-hmm. they can keep anyone out, Right. If right. they don't vote together and they vote yes, well, then it would be, okay, who well, left? you did this. So who then left? how could we get them back or do something else then by getting Clemson Well, in? who leaves? Who With leaves? With 16 teams, how many teams? Would it be 12, I guess, or 13 that have to vote? Yep. But, but that's my point. That's if they vote yes, question. if they vote yes, bring They've on invited. Texas and Oklahoma, they lose their majority their their pool to block other teams and from they've joining. invited all these teams you're talking about it's just an interesting political game up, that they've up. played in the past that i'm intrigued by because we know that missouri and texas a&m are going to vote no and that's the list then you just listed the next that's, teams to line that's, up that's, and that's the group the door. that's the group that would be joining next i had someone text me and say the the ultimate payback from the big 12 and the sec and everyone to Texas, who everyone seemingly hates, and probably Oklahoma now. If you're in the Big 12, you hate Oklahoma. Certainly Oklahoma State does for this. What if that alliance voted those two teams out, and then the Big 12 also voted them out? (laughs) (laughs) And they were left as independent. Now, they wouldn't happen because then they would be committing suicide. If you're the Big 12, you would gladly welcome them back in the Big 12 to keep your conference afloat. But then it would just force Oklahoma and Texas to either be independent, which Texas has – Research before being independent like Notre Dame because they have the Longhorn Network, Scheduling much like NBC, NBC and Notre Dame have the relationship. But you'd either have to be forced to join the Big Ten or try to join the Big Ten or go independent. If you let point. those four in, not going to happen down the road. You're talking a 20-team conference. You, you'd go years between teams seeing each other in a conference. It really would be the NCAA. You know right. what I mean? Right. It, 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 it would change the meaning what of I'm what saying. a conference it, is. It, to, it, it would almost be like, okay, we've done enough to delay the inevitable. We're voting this in, and, and we know what's to come. We're eventually going to have a super conference that determines the national champion. It's, it's funny. I, I, I haven't had much time, and I'm sure we'll get to this in the next couple of days, to see the negative reaction outside the SEC footprint where we live. Yeah. Uh, you know, a Big 12, I'm sure, is uh, up in arms. This is the end of, uh, end of them as, to get as we know them. Um, but uh, I can't help but think of it compared to the, the uh, Super League that they wanted to create in Europe. And that was a two-day backlash before <laughs> it was gone. You know? Well, and this is not going that way. Uh, imagine being fans of Texas and Oklahoma today oh. with this news. It's again your some culture shock. Your world is turned upside down in terms of your the entire history of your fandom, yeah. of your program, of your rivals. Hating everything. the SEC. Wade on the YouTube chat says four super conferences, eighteen playoff. Leave all the hangers on behind. I'll simplify it for you, Wade. This is headed to two super conferences. Two. There are going east, to be thirty-two teams. South. If the Big Ten wants to react, they're going to pick two teams. And they're going to add that. Or maybe they just expand to two 20-team conferences. And the SEC cherry-picks the ACC. And the Big Ten cherry-picks the rest of the Big 12 and Pac-12. And then you're done with it. Because I don't even think this is headed towards four super conferences as much as it's going to be the SEC for sure. And then if the Big Ten decides to start playing chess, like I mentioned, and go get some teams... It could be those two it that are left sense. I, it doesn't make sense mathematically, but right now, it could, and, and the geography plays very little into it, but right now I could kind of see three stripes, you know, kind of a stripe, a stripe, and a stripe, west, east, big, te- big ten, and down, and the southeast and, and up. Where you cover the coast. There's really nothing yeah. up. You know, Penn State is already taken care of, so what's in the northeast? There's really nothing. You're talking like Virginia, Maryland. 
if you took over the ACC, that would be the SEC's footprint. We're going to get the perspective from the Houston Chronicle and Texas Sports Nation. John McClain will join us. We'll start with Texas and Oklahoma and the news that they want into the SEC. We'll get the perspective from down south. We will also talk NFL headlines as training camps have already opened uh, in a couple of spots, and they will all open next week. John McClain is next, but first we tell you how to upgrade your summer style. MacWeldon.com is the website. Reinventing men's basics. Mac Weldon, so much more than just underwear. Their, their full collection includes t-shirts, polos, button-ups, shorts, pants, swims, and much more. With light and breathable fabric technology, Mac Weldon keeps you cool and comfortable all summer. From work to working out, happy hour to playing with your kids, Mac Weldon has men's essentials for whatever your day includes. I, I have the dry knit polos from Mac Weldon. Uh, they're fantastic, but plenty of options at MacWeldon.com. Absolutely, and Mac Weldon has a free loyalty program called Weldon Blue. Level one gets you free shipping for life. Once you reach level two by spending $200, you get 20% off every order for the next year. Stay cool this summer and look great doing it with all the new collections of men's essentials from Mack Weldon. Hutton and I have been wearing the shirts. I've got a couple Vesper polos that I recommend. For 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360 and enter promo code OutKick360. That's MacWeldon.com slash OutKick360, promo code OutKick360 for 20% off. Mack Weldon reinventing men's basics. Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network live from Studio G in Nashville, Tennessee, the Blackbird Studio and the BlackbirdAcademy.com. Pleased to be joined by John McClain, TexasSportsNation.com, Houston Chronicle down in Texas, which broke the story uh, yesterday that Texas and Oklahoma are looking for a move into the SEC. John, that was not just a, a ripple effect, it was a tidal wave of national news and headlines at SEC Media Days in Hoover. What was it like in Texas? Brent Zwarneman, who covers Texas A&M from us, is the one who broke that story at SEC Media Days. And as you can imagine, it sent shockwaves, but I'm not surprised. I've been expecting Super Conference for years since they first started talking about it. And I think what's very interesting about Texas Texas can't win the Big 12. They go in SEC, they'd be lucky to finish 500. One of the reasons A&M left the, the, uh, as the uh, Big 12 was because they thought the Longhorn Network would give them an unfair advantage in recruiting, and they admitted that. We've been running a series about the A&M's exit, and I don't know if anybody watches the Longhorn Network, but obviously it hasn't helped them win. And the thing you have to keep in mind, the University of Texas is used to ruling the roost. People in the SEC bring them in, they're going to be stunned in how they're going to want to run everything. Nebraska left for the Big Ten because they didn't like Texas trying to tell them what to do. That's one of the reasons Colorado and Missouri left. Those of us from Baylor, we've known all of our lives, Texas drives the bus. You just grab a seat behind the bus driver and hope they steer you in the right direction. And that's the way it would be. Oklahoma, of course, always a football power. But Texas has more money than Fort Knox and, and has a beautiful campus. And it's a great school. And they should be a top five power every year. And, but they're not. And I asked a friend of mine the other day who has his name on a couple of buildings, who's going to be your next coach? Who are you looking at? He said, what? What? We just hired Sarkeesian. I said, give me a break. You change him every three years, so who are you looking at? And he thought I was nuts, but that's the case. And maybe, just maybe, Steve Sarkeesian can do that. But if he's around when that move's made after three years, he's going to find it a whole lot tougher to win, which he should know. But they don't consult coaches at Texas or Oklahoma. This is all done because of money with the big boys. And I certainly understand it. And I wish them well, but man, oh man, the SEC better get ready for that University of Texas. National champion Baylor Bear alum John McClain throwing shade at Texas graduates is, is one of my favorite things. So, John, I, I'm curious about the politics in the state of Texas that I know you know a lot about. When the Big 12 formed, what happened to ensure that Baylor and Texas Tech were a part of that when maybe in the beginning they weren't going to be part of that? 
And is there a way now or is there going to be resistance in the state of Texas? I know Greg Abbott is a Texas grad, but is there any way to block this in the state of Texas? And what do you think the political ramifications of this will be? Well, I put no stock in Greg Abbott, anything he does at all. And uh, back then, Baylor had the governor, uh, Tech had, I think, the lieutenant governor. They had a lot of powerful people in the state legislature, and they were able to, to work their way in. Other schools like TCU were not. And so there was a lot of jealousy for a long time. Arkansas, which had bolted, tried to come back for a while because they were getting hammered and their recruiting from Texas nosedived. They always did a great job of recruiting Dallas and Houston. And when they left the uh, SWC to go to uh, the SEC, it hurt their recruiting. And really, let's face it, how long has it been since Arkansas was a national power like it used to be when uh, Frank Broyles was the head coach? It's been that long. So there'll be a lot of, a lot of people are up in arms about it. But the fact is, who could argue? Who from the other schools in the Big 12, especially from Texas, could say they shouldn't do that because it's all about the money. Everything is all about the money. And if it allows the Longhorns to make even more money, and they already make more than anybody, but if it helps them, I certainly understand it. And the people here should too, but it's too early to know if the politicians are going to mount an effort to block it. The fact is, when the TV deal runs out, they're free agents and they're going to go to the SEC. I've had a couple of prominent Longhorns tell me they're here and it's already a done deal. And uh, I think it'd be it'd be great publicity for the SEC. But when it comes to politics in a conference, nobody twists arms and rubs elbows and stands on the pulpit and demands to have its way more than the University of Texas. And John, the Big 12 was always in a tenuous spot because of 10 teams in the conference. Now if that goes to eight teams, is there an obvious move now from the Big 12? I immediately thought of Houston as the obvious move up to the Big 12, but you're going to need to add more than Houston. Is there a route to go get a disgruntled Pac-12 member because finances in that conference aren't good right now? Is there a low-level ACC team they go after? What do you think is the next logical move for the Big 12, or is it as simple as it looks like the time may be up for that conference in terms of their standing as a power conference? Well, first of all, the University of Houston's wanted to get into the Southwest Conference forever, and they finally did, and they wanted to get into the Big 12, and they haven't been able to. And one of the reasons that they couldn't, it was blocked by Texas, because Texas did not want Houston in the Big 12, because then Houston would be able to recruit better in Houston and maybe take some recruits away from the Longhorns. And now the Longhorns, if they go to the SEC, they can't use their influence to block that. But I would think Houston in the uh, third largest city in the country would be, and one of the bigger television markets would be a natural. Another team that was talked about a lot was Brigham Young. When they went out and got West Virginia, people are like, oh, my God, you're going to play a conference team all the way in, in West Virginia? And where is West Virginia? And and, and what, what town is the school? Nobody knew, and now – Nobody thinks anything about it. You know, going to Iowa State's no big deal. But BYU is the one they talked about a lot, and I'll guarantee you that would be another one. One in the past was Louisville, another one. So I think they will move to try to fill the vacancies with state schools, or in this case, BYU, and uh, and they will continue to operate. But you know, when that next TV deal comes up, it's not going to be nearly as lucrative, if lucrative at all, without the Longhorns and the Sooners. John McClain with TexasSportsNation.com with us, Houston Chronicle. We're going to talk some NFL headlines in just a moment. But, John, just as a, as a fan of the Big 12, a Baylor alum, how do you feel about Texas and Oklahoma moving to the SEC? Just as a fan of that conference and what it would mean for your school. Well, I grew up on the Southwest Conference with Texas and Arkansas competing for the national championship every year and everybody else and also ran. And I remember the 69 game in Arkansas, the game of the century, they called it. And and so I grew up with that one. And then when the Big 12 was formed, that was fine. But when Arkansas left the SEC, it started to lose some luster because it was a big deal when the Hogs came down from the hills and played in Texas. And then when the Aggies left, that was a big deal too, 
But as long as Texas and Oklahoma were part of the deal, everybody was happy. And one thing that's going to be interesting about this, they're talking a lot about here, A&M and Texas will have to play again as being part of the same division at SEC. So that would be, to me, the best thing that came out of it. You know, A&M's had two top five finishes, but it's still been a struggle, as it will be for everybody because of Alabama, as long as Nick Saban is there and players going to Alabama have a chance to make – more than a million dollars in endorsements, although I imagine that's inflated. Bill O'Brien, the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, he's going to have a quarterback making more than he does, if all that's true. So I think it's great. The SEC is the greatest conference, of course, in football. The Big 12 is the best in basketball. And uh, Texas was okay in basketball. But, you know, it's a blow. It's a tremendous blow, especially in the state of Texas. But what I'm interested in is the Aggies have still recruited great. Will the SEC help Oklahoma and Texas recruit even better, uh, even though those schools won't be playing uh, in Texas anymore except against A&M? Well, and I realize it may not work here, but behind the scenes, what will Texas A&M be doing to hope and ensure that this does not happen? <laughs> That's a great point, Jonathan. Um Every alum wants to see A&M and Texas play in football. They play in all other sports. And when they do, they set record crowds because of the rivalry. So one of the reasons A&M left is because they get rid of the Longhorns. Now if the Longhorns come in, they may say publicly they're all for it. But the Aggies don't have the clout to keep that from happening. If the Longhorns want to come in the SEC, they'll just wa- they'll march from Austin, past College Station, step on the Aggies on their way to the to the SEC because that's the way Texas does it. And I can't wait to see when Texas and A&M play again and where they play the first game. I always thought their first game would be at AT&T Stadium that Jerry Jones, being the promoter he is, would have it in his stadium and they would split the receipts because uh, that just seemed like a natural. And maybe that still will happen now that they're going to be in the same conference, if indeed they are, and I expect that they will be. Well, you gave us a good transition there to get into the league. Jerry Jones admits that he blew it with Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Jerry Jones doesn't admit that he blew it a, a lot of times and doesn't seem particularly self-aware on, on things like that, though distance, uh, time distance gives him a little bit of elbow room here. Were you surprised to hear him say that um, and, and recognize what all of us know to be true? I was, Paul, and he got teary-eyed talking about it. I remember when Jimmy quit, he walked out with a check for, I think, a couple million dollars and showed it to the media, and he headed down to the Florida Keys where he lives so he can fish, and he's got two boats, and he's been living the life, has turned down so many jobs, and has been a consultant for people taking jobs or considering taking jobs. And what happened, Jimmy had it in his contract that he had control of personnel. But Jerry liked seeing all the attention Jimmy and the Cowboys were getting, and he wanted to get involved in personnel. And Jimmy had to pull out his contract and show him, hey, this is the power that you gave me. And they just got tired of Jerry, and they went in good friends, and now they're friends again. But, boy, they weren't at that time. It made their lives miserable. And then, of course, Jimmy left. Jerry hired Barry Switzer, and he won a Super Bowl with Jimmy's players, and they haven't come close ever since. Bad news in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, the Cam Akers down with the torn Achilles. I'm high on the Rams, but that's a big loss. Sounds like they're going to give every chance to guys like Daryl Henderson, Xavier Jones. Eric Dickerson already out there com- campaigning for Todd Gurley. What do you envision happening uh, in Sean McVay's backfield? Paul, I think as players come, become available when they've been waived, or if they want to trade a low pick, they'll get another back. But the thing is, that's the first time I've heard any running backs mentioned from the Rams. It's all about Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay and the passing game. So that's what they're built about. If they win, it's not going to be because of the running game. If they lose, it won't be because of the running game. I feel terrible for Akers, but based on the timing, he'll be 100% next season. But I'll guarantee you at some point the Rams are going to add a back. John, you've been pretty steadfast with your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and, and how you th- thought this was going to play out. I'm curious, has anything with your opinion changed with the Adam Schefter report about the contract offer, the lack of news that's been out there? Have you moved at all on your position, or do you think that 
this is going to end with Aaron Rodgers playing for the Packers. Well, that was not a new report. As Mike Florio pointed out, Bob McGinn of the Athletic wrote the exact same thing eight weeks ago, and he ran his story, same thing. And Schefter didn't say it just happened, said he'd happened sometime during the offseason. Well, McGinn had that story, but everybody's giving Schefter credit. And I haven't changed my mind on anything. I saw, let's see, Mercedes Lewis, their tight end, said he expects him there. Another player, I can't remember who it was, said he spoke with Rodgers, and he expects him there. So those players that play with him and talk to him or friends of his who are in the media or interviewed by the media, the players seem to think he's coming back. It's the media who think he's not. And a couple of media people who think he's not have covered that team for a long time. So I just think with three years left on his contract, knowing how much he loves to play, coming off an MVP season with a career high 48 touchdown passes, he may show up the week of regular season when the game checks again, but I believe he will play for the Packers. And the longer he goes, uh, say he, uh, Andrew Brandt from NF, uh, SI.com, a former agent and a cap guy with the Packers, he's written for months that he expects him to play this year with a provision he's traded next year. But if he turns around and throws 25 or 26 touchdown passes like he did in 18 and 19, his value will not be at high as high at 38 years old. So if they were going to trade him, this would seem to be the time to do it. But I believe he'll be there, and I think it's probably going to be his last year before they move on to Jordan Love. John, what is the percentage chance that Deshaun Watson shows up to Texans camp? I would say 99.999 he won't be there. I don't know why people are thinking he's going to show up. He said since the end of the season he wants to be traded. He will not show up for the offseason training camp. He'll miss games. And the fact is nothing's changed in his legal situation. So maybe some team would say, hey, we'll give you a second-round pick and take away all your problems. Would a team do that? Would the Texans do that? I can't imagine. If he doesn't show up, he's fined 50000 a day under the new CBA. That Those fines cannot be forgiven. And so it wouldn't surprise me if his agent doesn't work out a deal where he doesn't show up, put him on reserve, did not report, but give him excused absences where he doesn't get fined. They could do that if they wanted to. National media is coming in. It's going to be a circus if he does show up. And if he does, we'll never see him. He'll be in a building, not field. The league's simply going to let it sit and and not address it in any way, shape, or form? I mean, isn't there a resolution point where they need to put him on the commissioner's exempt list or address it in some way, shape, or form? It would seem that way, Paul. We had a column today by Brian T. Smith, our lead columnist, about the NFL's not doing squat. Now, maybe on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, Goodell puts him on the exempt list. Usually, you have to have charges filed against you. He has not had a police charge filed against him, even though the police are investigating, the NFL's investigating. And so, but under the personal contact policy, he's got a lot of latitude about what he does. So, uh, he could do it. He could wait till the season. Uh, I just, uh, we don't know where it is. The NFL's had uh, so much in and it's almost like they're waiting to see what the Texans do. Texans are waiting to see what Watson does. But I'll tell you this, people here are tired of it. We'd like to see them move on. John McClain, who joins us on OutKick 360, joins us from Houston. John, we always appreciate the time. Always great to see you. Let's catch up again soon. Jonathan, Paul, and Chad Like, you guys have a great weekend, and thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. You're the best, Anytime, John. John. Thank you. John McClain of the Houston Chronicle, Texas Sports well, Nation. Gentleman and a scholar, John McClain. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. The best. And uh, great perspective on the college football angles of today. From, from John there. Well, it's the, it's funny that he brought that up about, you know, Texas is going to go and be a 500 team consistently in the SEC. It's not going to get any better for them from a football standpoint. Pete Thamel tweeted that out yesterday, <laughs> that, you know, talking with people in uh, the Big 12, it makes no sense for Texas and Oklahoma to go because Texas hasn't been in the playoffs since it started in 2014, and this is going to make it harder for them to get the playoff. And I retweeted, I said, it's about. it's about finances, Pete. It has nothing to Security. do with that. I know your sources in the Big 12 are telling you this. Well, then two hours later, he tweets out a full story that 
oh, it's real. I've talked to a lot of people, and they're not denying it, that it's probably a done deal that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. How much do you worry about the political stuff that John's talking about there, where Texas is likely to come in and try to strong arm the conference politically? It's a very strong conference, obviously, with a lot of other strong things, but Texas has its reputation, and Texas will behave how Texas behaves. How does the SEC take that in? I saw a tweet yesterday, and I wish I, I could not find it. It was from, uh, it was like a faux Polini-like account. Right. It was like fake Don Beebe, I think was the account. And apparently this guy has not tweeted in like three years. <laughs> and a writer said he hasn't tweeted in three years, and he came out with this. And it was something along the lines of dealing with Texas is like deciding to invade Afghanistan and then 20 years later, not knowing why you got into it to Land begin with. War in Asia. And then eventually you're flying into Morgantown, West Virginia, for a game, <laughs> talking about adding West Virginia to the Big 12. And they said, and then he responded with, uh, right after that, the only problem is you can't even fly into Morgantown, West Virginia. you got to fly into Pittsburgh and then drive to Morgantown because they don't even have an airport in Morgantown, which was a great analogy, I thought, for dealing with Texas. There's no way they're going to strong arm the SEC. They have a counterbalance in their state with Texas but, A&M. Texas A&M is the stronger of the two. They have a longer history with the SEC. I just don't. I think the SEC is too strong and powerful to do that. They had that clout in the Big 12, especially when they pissed off Nebraska and Colorado and those two northern powers in the Big 12 branched off to different conferences. So then they really controlled I get what you're things saying. In, the, in the Big they're 12. They're not going to be able to do it, but they're going to attempt to do it, it sounds like, from what you're hearing here. So it's going to be an annoyance. So you're inviting in a, a fly into the room. Right. It's a, pretty, I, it's a pretty big fly. <laughs> I, I it's a present, pretty profitable fly to bring in. Though. Let, when, when we come back, I'm going to present the, the opposite angle of how I think, I think things are going down. Let's do it. And why the news came down Good. when it did. That's straight ahead. But first, there's nothing more personal than your health. So when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, there's now Gainful. The personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, and pre-workout supplements contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. It's a quick quiz that Chad's about to tell you about. You pick out your flavors. I highly recommend the strawberry lemonade flavor. It's delicious. And how quick is the quiz, you ask? Hutton didn't ask, but I'm going to tell him how, anyways. How quickly? Five minutes, Hutton. Only real, five real minutes. Quick. That is a quick quiz. Maybe it's not going to take you long. It's going <laughs> to give you your formula. Gainful delivers your supplements with no shipping charge every month. You can cancel anytime or adapt your plan as needed. All Gainful products are formulated by their on-staff registered dietitians and are backed by pro-level exercise scientists on their science advisory board. And every Gainful customer gets complimentary one-on-one -on -one access to their registered dietitian available anytime to answer your questions. Just go to gainful.com slash outkick360 and you get 20% off your personalized supplements. I love that Hutton's touting his flavor. I love that you have the selection here. Some of this stuff can get a little boring sometimes. The ability to hop around with these flavor packets and adjust what you're doing makes it really interesting. Yes. Gainful.com slash outkick360, $20 off your personalized supplements. Gainful personalized nutrition made for your tastes. We're going to keep it right here for Outkick 360 as we head into the Tennessee Power Hour. Um, here's my theory. Texas A&M leaked this story yesterday because Greg Sankey doesn't do anything spur of the moment. I think this has been going on for a while behind the scenes. This has been talked about at SEC Media Days this week. And this was a calculated leak by Texas A&M to get out in front of the story before it happened fight. with a huge announcement that Texas and Oklahoma were joining the conference. Uh, Sankey's not going to take this to a vote until he knows that the SEC is going to pass this. And Texas A&M, knowing that, put this out there for discussion prior to the vote happening behind the scenes. Yeah, and uh, that's why I brought that up earlier because Brent Zwerneman's the, the tipping point. He's a guy who covers A&M a majority of the time for the Houston Chronicle. So his source would be an A&M source. And the timing, and also the fact that Greg Sankey is still there doing media, and this story breaks, and he can't answer it. He's not going to give anyone an answer right. on it. He said, I'm here to talk about this season. And, uh, you know, you get those. The, the press releases from Oklahoma and Texas I found hilarious. Now, we're not going to comment on every anonymous rumor. No one denied it. We're also it. not no going to discount it. No, no one denied, one denied it. it. And then Oklahoma State comes off the top rope strong about loyalty and trust and everything else because 
Oklahoma's been talking behind their back with the SEC about leaving. I agree with you, and I don't think this is going to – there will not be a public – we're not going to have like some C-SPAN forum of SEC school presidents that get in a room and vote on television and they vote no for these teams being in. If they know they have a no vote or they have enough schools that are going to block it, the story will go away. It will be reported about what happened, but it will be able to go into a direction where Texas and Oklahoma can quietly go back to their conferences or try a new plan, and the SEC can just wash their hands of it. That's what Greg Sankey wants. Well, also from from Sankey and the conference's perspective, they're entering a a college football era, an athletic era, where the NCAA has no power. And... The SEC and the big conferences hold the power. They can set their own regulations moving forward. With NIL and the landscape of college sports in general, what direction do you want to go? And you have to have the foresight and the leadership to do that. Everyone looks to the SEC for that direction. Sankey charts that course, and he's done an excellent job as commissioner of the Southeastern Conference because he is great at foresight. Um, He's never looking over his shoulder. He's always looking to the distance and where he's headed and where he's taking the conference. With that in mind, he's looking out for the direction of where this is going to be a decade from now. Where are we in college athletics a decade from now? Where's the NCAA? Where's the money and the power? And it's with the TV contracts, it's with the SEC, and from Texas's perspective, their Longhorn Network agreement, correct me if I'm wrong, Chad, expires in 2025, or is it, no, it's true, it's 2031. It's the, the, I had to write down the term, the grant of rights agreement is what they call it. And the grant of rights is you granting media rights to the Big 12's media partners, and then them granting you the rights to that paycheck that goes to the member institutions. That runs through 2025. But the the specific Longhorn Network contract is 2031, I believe, with ESPN. I really think that Longhorn Network deal will just go away. I don't think there's going to be an SEC Network plus. I I think there's going to be a part... Because the SEC network has been wildly popular. Well, let's look at it. Successful. Look at it. it Not so much. You said that. You said that Texas, um, or the the conference, not Texas, but the conference went to other media networks asking about the rights. If ESPN was going to do away. So, when ESPN recently, and I think the deal begins in 2025. Yes. ESPN. This was you know a few months back. Yes. They announced that ESPN was taking over the CBS portion of the SEC schedule to have the afternoon game of the week. Right. It'll be on ABC more than likely. $300 million deal over a long period of time. So then that was when the Big 12 was negotiating contracts with both ESPN and Fox, and they basically got a wait and see from both. Now, let's see how you're doing, and then we'll come back and see what we're going to pay. Now, if you get a wait and see from all these other networks, and ESPN is buying into the SEC, right? They also have the rights to the Longhorn Network, but you're getting a certain amount of publicity and money for the Longhorn Network with the partnership with ESPN, but yet the other networks are telling the conference yet that you're in, we're going to wait and see before we make it a, 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 an offer to see how things are going. If you're Texas and you're viewing that, how do you view the health of your conference versus the health of your brand? And where are you partnering up? You're going to stay with where you are because that's working to some degree, more so than the television contract for your conference. That's, that's if I'm reading the tea leaves from both ends of it, Sankey's looking at it from the, the, the control. Texas is looking at it for the future of their brand and the value of that brand. What happens to the Longhorn Network a decade from now? If they it stay goes, where they are. It goes away. And I'll throw another layer to what you're saying, Hutton. I'm willing to bet someone from ESPN that works with them in the Longhorn Network came to Texas and said, "Maybe you should talk to the SEC. That they're willing to talk, and that's the best route for you, and that's where you're going to make the most Started money." The because ESPN may be saying, "We only really want to deal with the SEC. You know, we are shrinking the things that we're going to have, but we're going to go all in um, on the valuable properties, and we're willing to spend more money, and in turn, you'll make more money from the SEC than staying put." I think Sankey you know, knows it's either happening mm-hmm. or the way it doesn't happen. So one of the four is breaking from the vote. Right. Or it, if it doesn't happen, it won't happen in a way that will make Texas and Oklahoma look bad and we'll look Sankey, fine. We'll look great. Uh, it was, I think it was uh, our, our buddy LT, uh, Lance Taylor, down in Birmingham. Shout out to LT. Uh, through a, a video I was watching. Sankey said that he, he was asked by them, 
how do you, how, what's the process of voting a team in? Sankey would not even answer that question yesterday, which tells it, it, tr- he knows the answer. But he you know, was beating around the bush because this, was, this news was not supposed to be out there. And Texas A&M put that out there for all this debate to go on. And again, I, I think it serves Texas A&M and Missouri to put this out there with the other four teams that have voted no in the past, who have banded together, trying to keep this from happening. It was as um, professional. I'm fascinated by the politics behind the scenes. Well, and also the spectacle of intentionally dropping this news on A&M's day at SEC Media Days with Ross Bjork, A&M AD, there on site. Yes. With Sankey having to do interviews that day. It's a very pro-wrestling type approach to just showing up and wrecking the press conference of your rival and getting word of mouth going about how A&M does not want Texas in the conference. Not saying anything about Oklahoma, if you notice. I mean, A&M's position really is not anti-Oklahoma joining the Oklahoma conference. Oklahoma skates. The Texas part of that. I, it seems to me that for Brent Zwerneman to go with this and for Ross Bjork to tell him about this, I, I, again, don't know this for Presumably. a fact, but we can look at it and see what it is. Sure. I think that this is, this is not the start of the defense. I think this is the last line of the defense. I think Ross Bjork knows full well, talking to his AD buddies, that Texas and Oklahoma are about to get approved and that they are about to join the SEC. And this is his last chance to go on a public smear campaign of Texas to stop it. I don't think it's the beginning of him defending it. I think he knows full well, maybe we have, you know, suddenly the Austin American Statesman has a story about Missouri. Well, Missouri's out on Oklahoma. Texas A&M's out on Texas, so they're both going to align and vote no Mm -hmm. on both of them. So it's him almost trying to rally the troops to see if there's two more out there that could come back and say, we'll vote no with you. SEC controls realignment across college sports, and ESPN can as well. There's a lot of power with ESPN with this deal as well, with what they have coming in in 2025 with ESPN, ABC, Disney, and the SEC. Fascinating story to follow, and we're just getting started. Uh, And what could be... we started the show with this. What could be announced as soon as next week, according to some reports? Yeah, orangebloods.com, which is the Texas web, they're the VolQuest of, of Texas Longhorns uh, reporting, is saying that as early as next week, they're, they're going to announce it. There was a report, I think I sent the group or you last night, Hutton, also, that they are about to tell the Big 12 they're opting out of the media deal, that they have to alert them of that, that that's going to happen today or tomorrow or as early as next week also. And then next These week things are happening quickly now. Now that the story's out, we're going to get news, I think, pretty quickly on it. What's and, the entry date, conceivable entry date? Oh, I think it would be next year. I think they would have a lame duck year in the Big 12. Lame duck year going to be and miserable, then, and then join. miserable time. Well, and let, let me throw out a for instance, because thinking about this from the Big 12s, and if you're a Big 12 fan, Nebraska has long been uh, disenchanted with the Big 10 now. And a lot of this uh, stems from uh, the Big Ten's handling of the pandemic and Nebraska being on the opposite side of all of it. They were wanting to play the whole time. They got, into, they got at odds with Kevin Warren in the Big Ten. And, you know, the Big Ten looked down on Nebraska for their stance. Nebraska feels like they're getting the raw end of the deal of the Big Ten. They left the Big 12 for the same reason because they hated Texas right. and the Longhorn Network. If you were going to have a counter move to this, Nebraska's a pretty good chip to play yeah. to bring back into the Big 12. Well, it's the same. It's not Texas. It's the same Oklahoma, kind of school that hasn't been playing to its historical level. So yeah, you get back a great historical program that also hasn't done anything in some. But time. It, it's uh, about survival. Yeah, no, it's a good survival move. But it's it's it, a good survival. It's also move. this is the anti-current college sports move by Nebraska because that would be a move for competition that would improve their chance to win a conference by moving to the current Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas, and it would lessen their financial abilities. But They're in a better financial situation right now in the Big 10, and no one's making moves based on that. Texas is not making the move to the SEC because they feel like they have a better route or they're going to win more games. The same reason for Nebraska. To me, Nebraska would do this because it's a cultural fit, I think, more the Big 12 for Nebraska football. And also, it's a move to say we have a better shot at winning. But the Big Ten's the second best property going. Right? That's my that's my point. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense. Property. It would be the opposite line of thinking. Yeah. So for Pete Thamel's first tweet that talks about 
oh, Texas doesn't want to do that because the SEC is tougher. And I'm thinking, it's not about that. This would be Nebraska saying, I'm going to go to the less profitable conference because it strengthens our ability to win the conference and win in the conference. And wasn't part of Nebraska's moving saying that these are universities are more like us. We're uh, more of a Big Ten type research institution. We fit more with with yeah. See how you're nodding, but it's like there it's, is something to how they were talking about Illinois and no, there was and Ohio State. I think that was a lot of. It's like making Plus, stats. That was a lot of ac- that was a lot of academia talk to try to act like we're doing this for those reasons. For Both academics. can be right, right, but there can be a better option. Well, it does seem Nebraska, like a, Nebraska a, a fans fit. have a lot more in common, and that state has a lot more in common from a college football interest perspective with Oklahoma and Texas than they do Illinois and Northwestern and a lot of the Iowa. a lot of the Big Ten. Um, so. Look, it's a. It makes sense culturally for Nebraska. It makes sense competitively for Nebraska. It doesn't make sense financially, and no one's making decisions right now that don't put finances first and foremost. I still think too much about it. Uh, some some places you're still allowed to think of geographically. Sure. Nebraska is right there, kind of like you could swing it. Yeah. Either way, and I kind of like it where it's gone. I mean, Nebraska could have joined the Pac-12 based on the Pac-12's current footprint. They're right See, in the middle of America. Like, they go like down. <laughs> they can go east of the Big Ten. They could go west. It's a real pivot point when you're kind of right in the middle. Yeah. But, I, I mean, in, in today's world, they could join the SEC. They're not going to because right. the SEC doesn't want them. But I don't think that geography matters. No, geography doesn't matter to anything anymore. Coming up, we'll continue the discussion as we go into the Tennessee Power Hour. We'll, we'll keep it SEC-focused. We'll have some Tennessee headlines as well. You can join the show. Uh, you can join us on the YouTube chat, at Outkick360 on Twitter. Check in on Facebook as well. We're back in just a moment across the Outkick Network. Hang with us. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.